0: Hello and welcome to the Arrow Video podcast with Sam and Dan. My name is Dan Martin, international man of special effects and podcaster, and I'm joined as ever by my lovely co-host
1: Sam Ashurst. And I reside in the UK, where I screenwrite, direct, and podcast. And today I will be joining Dan to podcast about the case of the Scorpion's Tail. Dan, why don't you tell them what this is all about?
0: Right. Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> without spoiling it. Yeah. Yeah. Think... No, we're definitely
0: going to do a non-spoiler episode for yeah. this one. I think it's a uh, it's it's one of my favourite giallos. Mm. It is also one of three giallos that I always get muddled up. Right. Uh, <laughs> all by the same director, uh, same by the right, same uh, same writer, and I put this one in, and I was like, "Is this it? Is this the one? <laughs> oh yeah, it's the one! Hooray!" <laughs> A woman who is cheating on her husband finds out from her infidelity bed that her husband has been killed in an explosion on an aeroplane. She has to leave London, where she is, to go to Greece, which is where his insurance policy was taken out by him, to uh, to claim the million dollars, uh, or £400,000 at the time. God, the the, (laughs) the dollar was rubbish back then. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because she has to be there in person. And there are a bunch of people, including another ex-lover of hers and uh, and then a lady and her Spanish strongman who suspect that the woman might have had something to do with the death of her husband. That it might have been for the insurance. Uh, And these suspicions are exacerbated by her requesting the settlement in cash she asks for the million dollars in in actual physical monies
1: and not only does she do that she has uh, thought about this in advance and has prepared a bag yeah that just so happens to fit exactly fit a million dollars <laughs> exactly a million yeah um it's yeah. A very satisfying bag it's a very satisfying bag right should we should we leave it there in terms of the plot That's yeah good do you place want to know to what my first note is is it about the toy plane
0: no, although I do like the toy plane.
1: <laughs> Go on.
0: My first note is what a fucking soundtrack.
1: Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Oh,
0: just spectacular.
1: Yeah, really great soundtrack.
0: Lovely opening.
1: Lovely opening. Beautiful opening. I um, yeah, I like the sort of one of the lesser celebrated elements of uh, the giallo genre is the kind of fetishization of clothes and objects oh yeah and so this opens with quite a lovely sort of from behind close-up of a really nice red hat yeah. that we don't really see again but like it feels like it has significance because of its like because of how much uh importance is placed on it in the shot and i feel that's quite happens quite a lot in in jello in general doesn't well,
0: yeah it? jelly are the uh are the anesthetes genre yes. I think they they're always about beauty and yeah. whether it's the people or the design the cars the costume and they're very often international so you get these amazing locations mm. with an international cast who are often cast because of what they look like rather than how they can act yeah <laughs> that's the case here <laughs> um but yeah I think it's um yeah, this is, I, I really, really like this one. Um, I think I had like a Synapse DVD was mm-hmm. the first first time I saw this, which this will probably replace. Um, I haven't checked to make sure that there's no unique extras on the Synapse. I think there wasn't anything really on it. Mm. But um, yeah, it's a really, really satisfying... It's, it's a good story. Um, it, it, it doesn't have any uh, pull-it-out-your-ass <laughs> like nonsense at the end where it was a, a person you never saw or met or um or the who are you who are you getting out there dan who are you who are you shading uh, I'm, I'm, who are you subtweeting? I'm, I'm kind of specifically thinking of black belly of the scorpion oh uh, um black belly of the Tarantula. tarantula thank you yeah sorry this is the scorpion movie um <laughs> black uh, black belly of the arachnid which has a um yeah, a, a, a fantastic like sort of. I think I've mentioned this before. Like the pacing up and down at the end, while the doctor explains yeah. that he was just mad, yeah, <laughs> he was just driven to murder because he was mad.
1: And, and actually, that's that's a good point to make uh, specifically for this because uh, there's a lovely commentary with the writer, Ernesto yes. Gastaldi, and he does he does talk about um, about not specifically not liking. Serial killers or madmen, like maniac movies, uh, I think, for that reason, because they don't involve logic and you know there's no sort of satisfaction to writing them. Um, yeah. He's a big fan of crime novels and, um, yeah, talks a lot about structuring a mystery. which Yeah, is
0: nice. it's it's a really, really good commentary. Yeah. Um, I was saying to Sam earlier, I think it might be the first time I've watched a, a foreign language audio commentary that was subtitled. Mm. Um, I certainly can't think of another one that I've seen.
1: Um, I, uh, I I have... The one that leaps to mind is the commentary for Victoria. Do you remember that one take? Oh, yeah.
0: I and didn't watch the commentary for that.
1: Oh, it's a really good commentary. It's really, really sweet. Like, the guy starts by basically kind of explaining the concept of an audio commentary as if it's the very first <laughs> one. That, and, like, it's just so sweet. He's like, oh, thank you so much for listening to this. I'm going to try and give you some facts about the film and go behind the scenes. And it, Oh, it's just so nice. Um, but, yeah, that that's subtitled as well. But, yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. It's, it is a different kind of experience. It is it? really
0: it is and there's like this isn't it isn't an audio commentary where they spend very much time talking about what's going on no. on screen it's almost just an interview that yeah. happens to run at the same length as the movie yeah, um, yeah. and the only times it really it, it really does get to be about what's happening on screen is because occasionally the interviewer will say that's this person he's this old he died like this he, he was this age when he did it yeah, yeah, And like throw in a little bit of like pop, pop and, info. And, and
1: to be fair like they do you know it's it's you can definitely tell that they're watching the film. Oh, like, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lovely moment where uh, Gastaldi sees the name of um, one of his um, co-credited uh, writers. Yeah. And basically, oh, <laughs> I've just seen the name of someone, uh, a Spaniard, who didn't work on the film. Yeah, well, they um, talk about the contractual
0: yeah. obligation to have a Spanish writer credited. Yeah,
1: because it was a co-production with Spain, and so the rules stated that writers from both countries had to be credited so yeah. yeah, there's a random Spanish he said never, man. Never met him. Never met him. I looked him
0: up, and he's done some really interesting stuff. Oh right, he's okay, a good cool. writer. He died in the eight, he died in eighty four, but he's um eighty four, I think. But yeah, he but he had some some interesting films on his list that have been added to my list. So I, I expect ha- some weird Spanish stuff on my recommends. In I a have few weeks. to say
1: though, like I'm just going to reel off a quick list of um, stuff that Gastaldi oh, has my written. Goodness. The tenth victim, um, which is. Uh, An utter masterpiece. Um, All the Colours of the Dark, A Reason to Live, A Reason to Die, Um, Your Vice is a Locked Room. I could go on. He's written so many incredible films. Absolutely incredible. So, yeah, it's quite a gift to have a whole audio commentary from this guy because he is one of the best.
0: He absolutely is. And it's so the, the interviewer tries occasionally to get him to talk about things that aren't his... Area like why do you think this person was cast yeah. or what do you think it was like you know why did it take two years to come out in France yeah it come out in Italy and he and has he a has good a yeah he has a good guess but he's a guess <laughs> it's but not yeah he really realm. he really shines when he's talking about like the writing side of it of course. and what's interesting and it's something that I hadn't really thought about before is that he talks about how like the especially at this point the writers were kind of the most important people. To the producers because the writers would be the they'd sell the script internationally, sell the film internationally before they made it. That was based just on the script.
1: Um, well, based on on the 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 title the and the t- cast, the
0: title, the cast. But well, but the script as well because he talks
1: about the fact that. I mean, the, for him, that's the case. But I don't. I, I think for a lot of them, it was. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, you know, the cast and the title, but he did say that, you know, um, international markets would buy them sight unseen just because they were so huge.
0: They were were so popular at the time. But yeah, he he talks about, um, you know, the the writer's the first person to get paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unlike the editor who sometimes doesn't get paid at all because he's the last person working on the film. Oh, dear. <laughs> Fucking
1: awful. That is bad. Um,
0: yeah, it's, yeah it's, a, it's a fantastic commentary.
1: I need to go back to the, the toy plane. Um, oh, yeah, go back to the toy plane, man. It happens quite early on, so it's not too much of a spoiler, and we've already sort of said the that... Airplane the airplane flies yeah, menacingly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the, the, the script said that the plane uh, was flying across the screen menacingly, they all had a joke about, you know, how the hell is Sergio Martino gonna make a plane fly across <laughs> the sky menacingly? And as it turns out, he didn't quite manage it because it looks very much like a toy plane. It's like something from Garth Marenghi. It is. Um, it's actually the the only sort of you know really kind of low point of this film, I think, because but it's it, it, that the edit from you know the smooching to, full... to the toy. Play a full screen explosion. Yeah, it's just <laughs> fucking weird.
0: But it's so early on, I think it doesn't matter. And no, yeah, I, and exactly. One of, the, yeah, yeah. one of the nice films, things about this film, without giving too much away, is that there are a couple of points where it just completely like takes a turning you weren't expecting. Yeah, like it it, it, it. Um,
1: he very cleverly sets up a very strong red herring where basically the audience it's not that the film does something and kind of tricks you and then tricks you again. It very kind of subtly places a theory into your mind as you're watching it. Yeah. Um, and then it confirms that theory and then it kind of pulls the rug out from under you. I hope yeah. that's vague enough. Yeah, that's vague
0: enough. That's good. Yeah, I, yeah, I really, really like
1: it. In a way it. that really makes sense in a nice way. Right, we are, because there's not a ton of extras on this and because we're not going to go into spoilers too much. Um... I feel like that's almost it for this. What other things would you like to say, though, Dan?
0: Can we talk about that absolutely breathtaking shot where they're looking at the cut on his hand and it's swinging left and right across the table? Yeah. So when it's looking at the table, the image is the right way up uh, to you You're seeing the table. But then because it's swinging on a horizontal axis to people either side of the table, the... Um, the people either side are rotated 90 degrees in the frame when it gets to them. It's such a beautiful shot. I don't know what they meant by it. No, this is it. Um, But it's gorgeous. I think I've got
1: some notes about this because, yeah, there are... yeah, I've I've literally got here sideways shot for no reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a lot of unmotivated stuff in it. Um, there is, c- but which it's kind really of ties pretty. to the hat as well. Yeah, it's just basically stuff that looks good. Yeah,
0: it's it's it yeah, it's very much doubt. It's it's about what looks
1: good. And it, it's it's also I found this quite funny as well. I mean, I, I do like this film, by the way, dear sweet listener. Um, but there's a lot to it that I actually find very amusing, such as um, <laughs> there's um, <laughs> like. A seemingly unsolvable jigsaw puzzle. It's a thread that runs throughout the movie, where the, the the police inspector is trying to do a jigsaw and he can't quite do it. However, um, you know, when in my younger days as a nerd, I did used to like jigsaws, and it's it's a pretty easy one. <laughs> and and there's a moment where someone completes the jigsaw, and it's like a I'm cleverer than you moment. But it's like, dude, it's like 150 pieces. It's not it's not hard.
0: Maybe it's one of those ones where it's printed on both sides,
1: Maybe. but it's ninety degrees off on the back. There you go. But yeah, um, I, I just quite like that.
0: It's good. I, I, yeah, there's a there's a shot again, going to be vague for spoiler reasons, but there's a shot at the end of uh, of a woman, um, a female character with the uh, with a like a, a sunlit sea behind her, mm. and the whole like image is twinkling. Yeah, and it's just the rays of light in that. It's just because. All of these things, and again, they talk about this on the commentary, like, they're kind of locked into shooting where they can find. Yeah. Like, you know, when you shoot on location, you can't take out a wall to get a better angle. You can't, like, lift the ceiling off to go above them. You are completely limited to this physical space. And so you have to be... Yeah, like, one of the questions that the uh, interviewer asks about not not his writing to put, not the writing... Um, is uh, how do you think this film would have been different if other directors had done it and he asked about Lenzi, and he oh asked my about, God. yeah and he um and, and i guess the, that's the rest-
1: sort of on topic because the, yeah. the director and the writer used to have a much closer relationship yes. there. yeah yeah
0: yeah um, and the, well because so he says you know what it's a you're, you're drawing from a pretty standard deck when you're directing this kind of film like there's mm. it's pretty normal stuff and it turns out that he'd ro- like if he all the zooms that were're familiar with from the Italian stuff Mm. apparently he'd write in the zooms that he thought were important zoom in on this fantastic (laughs) so you know uh, he says oh they're drawing from a pretty standard deck but the thing is Martino who is so good as a director incredible has has been given the same deck that everyone else is drawing from and mm. yet busts out these amazing shots. Yeah. Which is kind of what Argento, what, what put Argento at the top of the part as oh, well. Oh, definitely, yeah, 100%. You know, great soundtrack, lovely shots, and in this case, a really watertight script as well.
1: Yeah, uh, completely. Yeah, uh, I, I just think that, you know, this is probably another relatively underseen one yeah hence
0: the lack of discussing the ending but but but
1: honestly um yeah if you're interested in in the genre as a whole um the the uh, commentary really is kind of an education yeah it it was
0: great there was loads of stuff I, i didn't know
1: yeah and um i'm i'm a little bit in shock at the fact that I have admitted to being a jigsaw nerd when I was younger on a, that's on a right. podcast that's going to be listened to. What's
0: wrong with being a jigsaw nerd? I don't know. I, don't I know. mean, well, like, when you say a jigsaw nerd, how into jigsaws were you? I was
1: super into jigsaws, man. Do you like
0: the movie Jigsaw? Mm,
1: no, no. <laughs> do you like I didn't the movie, go that far. Do you like
0: the movie Pieces? Uh,
1: I like the movie Body Puzzle. How about <laughs> that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, we're going into a different area now. I quite right. jigsaw. So shall <laughs> we go on to recommendations based on this film?
0: Yeah, let's do that.
1: Right, I'm going to go first. You go first, mate. <laughs> because I've got one that I've, I'm worried that we have both going to have. Yeah, sure. Though maybe I won't go first because I've got I've got a backup. I've got two backups, in fact. Nice. You go first, you go first. I'll uh, take the
0: rest. My first one is from 1972. It's Guiano Carnimeo, I think is how you pronounce his name. It's What Are Those Strange Drops of Blood Doing on Jennifer's Body. Nice. It's another of the better... Not that often seen, Giallo's Gialli. It's not as famous as some of the others, but mm-hmm. it's um, it's it's worth a watch. It's a good it's a good Giallo. Yeah, solid. Uh, I don't really want to tell you anything else about it. Yeah,
1: I mean like, this is how this is going to work, I think. But um, so oh, I'm glad I did that. Here's the one that I thought that you might have gone for. Um, the Killer Reserve Nine C. Ah, uh, yeah,
0: no, it was it was a it was a, a down the list for me, but it, it was one I considered. It's a good, a good, solid recommend.
1: Yeah, from 1974, and there's kind of a crossover. There's a, a scene in in um scorpion's tale that kind of takes place in a theater and i instantly thought of killer reserve nine yeah. seats because you know quite a lot of it takes place um in in a theater and i'm going to keep it vague but yeah if you if you like this and if you like this sort of argento-y stuff there's some kind of almost deep ready imagery in um killer reserve nine seats and uh yeah it's it's one of the higher end ones I don't know if it's available on Blu-ray, but um, if it isn't, then Arrow, can we have it? Thank you. It's a, um,
0: It's a. a. It's got a lovely soundtrack as well. Yeah, oh it's yeah. It's a really good soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Um, I'm now struggling to get the proper name <laughs> for, my <laughs> for my second recommendation. It's So I, I mentioned that this is part of a little cluster of films that I always get muddled up. Uh-oh. And it turns out that I'm also getting names muddled up. So there's Strange Photos of a... Uh, no, it's Investigation of a Citizen Above Suspicion. Yeah. And then you've got... Is it Strange Photos of Mrs. Wall? No. You've got Your Vice is a Lot Room and Only I Have the Key.
1: And Strange S- Vice... Strange
0: of- Vice of Mrs. Wall. Yeah. Okay, so Strange Vice of Mrs. Wall that I want to write. Right, out. okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, I, watched, um, uh, I watched Your Vice is a Lot Room and Only I Have the Key, uh, The Arrow Blue, not that long ago and realized I'd never seen it before. Oh wow. Like it was one that I had you know, I had Oh well a don't go too much myself. into it.
1: Let's do that one in an upcoming um episode.
0: Uh yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm not as not as in love with it as the others. But but like um yeah, it was just these films do kind of run into each other a little bit, especially if you marathon them. Oh god yeah. which when I when these things, you know, when the American labels before Arrow were even around, when the American labels started putting this stuff out and you could order, you know. And they're not all good. It's why it's out, so exciting. They are not all good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when you find a gem, but there you do have to go through out a out lot there. of shit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Strange Vice of Mrs. Wall. Yes. 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 Definitely. Well worth it. It's a Fen-itch, uh A Fenich one. Nice. There you go. That's all, <laughs> That's you're gonna all say. you say. Brilliant. <laughs>
1: Right, I am going to recommend um, a kung fu movie now, which uh, may surprise you, but um, it's called The Butterfly Murders from 1979. um, And it's essentially uh, a kung fu giallo um, where, the yes, Dan just made a face of surprise. You 100% should watch it. You would love it. Um, sounds like I would and it's on Amazon Prime in the UK and in the US um, for free um, and their print is atrocious but in the most beautiful <laughs> way like it is okay yeah wrong
0: aspect ratio
1: <laughs> yeah and, but, but with so many stains on the print but it's, it's beautiful and yeah the setup is basically you know how like you know the case of the scorpion's tail. you know actually this that's not a good example of this but basically a lot of these animal in Jalo titles animal is almost irrelevant yeah whereas in the butterfly murders butterflies are murdering people Or are they? (laughs) And that's the basic premise of the film. And you know, there's some martial arts fights and um, a a killer is sought. So I'm quite excited about that. It's it's honestly, it is the perfect.
0: I mean, I know just synchronicity of my favourite thing. What I want to be happening, which is well, if I'm if I'm right.
1: (laughs) Oh, right, okay. I Spoil it, so I'm well, not gonna say. Yeah. So um, the Butterfly Murders from 1979. It's on Amazon Prime in the UK and US. It's uh, around an hour and a half. It's. Uh uh, relatively um, small amount of time to commit to a, a risky prospect but it's not a risk because it's fucking ace so i hope you enjoy it dear sweet listener dan nice. what is next uh next is what we've
0: seen in the ne- in the last couple of weeks is that is that what we yeah, normally
1: do that's what we normally i'm do. gonna trust we you we can
0: talk more about these this time though like not this time like, than the last ones than the ones we just mentioned yes because Aside from your butterfly murders, I think we were both being a bit cagey about describing we were. I, I,
1: even there, I was quite cagey about butterfly yeah. murders, believe it or not. But, um, yeah, you should also watch Dead Calm if you want. Um, that's that that works in a <laughs> yeah, way,
0: yeah. For, well, yeah, it's a bit tentative,
1: <laughs> but, but tenuous. Um, and, and Female Prisoner 701 Scorpion. Oh, lovely. What a great movie. Have a, have a scorpion double, Bill. Anyway, past couple of weeks. Dan, what have you been watching? Uh,
0: 1972 by Eli de la Iglesias, uh, Cannibal Man. Ah. I bought myself uh, a couple of things from a Diabolic DVD are in the States, some American titles uh, or American releases, um, and one of them was the um, was Cannibal Man, it's released in America by Code Red under a weird name, which I can't remember. It's like oh, the apartment on the 13th floor. It's released under. And they accidentally sent me the American release of the Arrow, uh, the apartment, oh. <laughs> which I had to send back. And then they sent me this one. So it came this week. It's replacing my old DVD. Uh, It has an extra nine minutes Mm. on the old DVD, which was an anchor bay, which claims to be uncut and uncensored. Nope. Uh, It's a great film. It's a weird little cannibal movie in that it's not... It's nothing like the cannibal movies of of Italy. Uh, It's not... um, It's set in a Spanish city. Uh, It's closer to a sort of Sweeney Todd... Movie than uh but, but again, he's no, he's not even eating them. It's, it's just he works in a meat plant and he kills someone accidentally and has to get rid of their body. But um, so, Eloy de la Iglesias did a lot of like grimy social realistic drama stuff about like the, the people on the bottom of the social ladder in Spain, did a lot of movies about like drug addiction and the AIDS crisis over there. Uh, and so, this was a bit more like pulpy and frivolous than his normal stuff but it does have this really peculiar sort of like dark grime over it that makes a lot more sense if you've seen any of his other films Hmm. there are some bits in it that seem very peculiar (laughs) but it's it's well worth a watch it's got some very um very peculiar uh, photography choices in it as well Hmm. it's yeah i really like it
1: that sounds great My first recommendation, based on the past couple of weeks, is a film recommended to me indirectly. Someone put it onto Facebook. Uh, Giles Edwards. Hey, Um, Giles' list. Now, well, yes and no. Now, Giles has, throughout October, you know how people do the one horror movie a day um, in October challenge mad people um who regret it Mm, five days in six days i tried to do it last year i was like this is awful i mean (laughs) i don't i don't like films anymore (laughs) yeah i I tend to yeah that tends to be the case of a lot of people who do this and um giles found a way around that and um put up horror films he would have watched in october if he wasn't busy Well,
0: but he had made this list in advance i asked him about this and he said he'd, he'd genuinely, like, this had been his plan. Like, he'd made himself that list. I
1: get it. I get it. Uh, and uh, But I, I have to say, Giles, if you're listening to this, I I did I, I was like, I feel like this is cheating. It's like, <laughs> we could all do this. There's no challenge here. However, then, you know, you look at the films that he's recommending and it's clear... I didn't know that he'd pre-prepared them, but it was clear that Karen Thought had gone into it. Yeah. And, you know it was kind of a balanced mix and, you know, recommending a lot of stuff that people wouldn't necessarily have heard of. And so I ended up quite enjoying it, you know, towards the end. It was a nice thing. And I was very glad to see him carry it on and just recommend just non-horror Films. He does it's on Twitter November. as well. Yeah. So if you want to follow him on Twitter, um I don't know what his handle is, but he's Giles Edwards.
0: this is G Edwards, isn't
1: it? I think it is G Edwards. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, at G Edwards, follow him on Twitter, um and you'll get occasional recommendations that's similar to ours, especially in this case because he recommended The Long Day Closes from nineteen ninety two, and I hadn't seen it, and and so I immediately bought it because I do trust Giles's taste, and the sort of the, the premise of it kind of grabbed me. Now, this is directed at the people who appreciate my taste on the more sort of art housey poetic cinema side because okay. it's very, very, very poetic. It was inspired by poetry and it's a Terence Davis film written and directed by Terence Davis. And it's essentially about his childhood and his memories of childhood. Um, the film it reminded me most of is it's kind of like a British version of Tarkovsky's mirror where it's all of these kind of memories kind of blurring into one thing. Um, a lot of dissolves, a lot of sort of pan left from one scene to another scene. It's, just, yeah, a very, very dream logic, but an absolutely beautiful film. There are so many moments in this film where I was like, oh, holy shit, that's amazing. Like, from the opening on, on, onwards, um, yeah, and then the ending is just stunning. So... Um, It's only an hour and 25 minutes. It's available on DVD in the UK. Um, BFI put out a really lovely disc, which has some great behind-the-scenes footage of Davis, and it's got lovely commentary as well. So be like me and Giles and watch this film, because it is fucking lovely. Nice. There we go.
0: Uh, gfd edwards there we go at gfd edwards yes just g edwards i think that might be the director gareth edwards (laughs) yes
1: and if you're wondering what movie um so giles has a still that looks like uh something from a giallo movie um it looks like torso looks like something like that and you might think oh what is that film you won't know because it's from giles's short film that he directed which is fucking brilliant by the way is that available online I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe not. He sent it to me. true th- I think Pestrum it had a password. <laughs> but yeah, ask him. It's fucking great. Yeah. Dan. Hello. What's uh, next video? Fr- <laughs> what have you watched? Uh, 19, Red Dead Redemption ni- 2.
0: 1960. Relatively early colour Japanese horror film. Uh, the Ghost Cat of Otama Pond. Oh, that's
1: a fucking amazing film. Isn't it lovely? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Isn't it lovely? So, it's like a... We've been talking about restraint a lot today.
1: (laughs) Well, two weeks ago. Two
0: weeks ago, you know what I mean. Yeah, today, smash the illusion. People know we record two of these at once. Uh, And also, do
1: you think we'll still be playing Red Dead Redemption 2 by the time these go up? These are going up way in the future. You
0: literally said, I don't think I'm ever going to
1: stop playing Red Dead Redemption 2 (laughs) just before we started recording. That's true. It's very true. I'm still playing it playing it as you listen
0: uh, to right this now, now. <laughs> yeah that's uh that's horses awesome, you can hear yeah ghost cat of otama pond uh it's a uh, it's a slightly peculiar ghost story with a lot of the things that make japanese ghost stories so like s- like attractive it's not as mad as something like Hazu, but it's got some pr- it's got some some visual linkings to that there's a lot of overpainting uh, there's a lot of bright colors the, it's, it's not necessarily a particularly scary horror film, but it's no. a really lovely, really lovely supernatural horror film. Uh, a couple get lost in the mountains and uh, there is a, a, ca- a cat ghost, which is a lady with ears and gloves.
1: <laughs> I mean, the most terrifying of all the cat ghosts, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: it's um, great. I'd, I'd say it's obviously, it's not something I've delved into too deeply. I saw a screening of um, ghost cat Shimizan and the Shimazen at uh, the Cinema Museum a couple of years ago. Uh, and I think that might have been the first ghost cat movie I saw other than Hazu. I hadn't realised it was sort of a cultural standard at the time. And I've seen a handful since. There's something really nice about them. I should read up about it. Mm. Try and find out more about why that's such a thing.
1: Yeah, there's another ghost cat movie. It's black and white. And it really, really reminded me of Resident Evil. Uh, the first Resident Evil game. Um, but I can't remember what it's called. So this is a pointless anecdote. Um, well, but...
0: g- ghost cats over time of pond is based on a classic... Story. Yes, and it's been made a few times. Yeah, and and obviously the the concept of a ghost cat. Yeah, a, I'm, I'm not going to embarrass myself by trying to remember, by trying to say what I think the the term for a ghost cat is in Japanese. But it's a it's a phrase you've probably heard before.
1: Right. Well, I have just realised that there's another film I should have recommended off the back of Scorpion's Go Tale. On, do it. it's fine. The Brute and the Beast, uh, which is a faulty Western. I've not um, seen that. But it also features George Hilton. And if you haven't seen it, it's so fucking cool. Franco Nero's in it as well. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah, it's a really cool one. And um, not my favourite Fulci Western. That is Four of the Apocalypse, but it's really good. Anyway, that brings me to my next recommendation, which is yet another western um because I, i'm obsessed at the moment oh, obsessed and it's another arrow video western um and again potentially we might cover it in a future episode um we've already agreed to do um day of anger at some point so uh, expect that in the new year but it would also be nice to do cemetery without crosses from yeah. 1969 it's like, it's so similar to Red Dead Redemption 2. It did feel like I <laughs> could control some of the people on it. Um, but yeah, it's a very uh, uh, sort of quite bleak, pessimistic, sort of full, of, like it. full of sadness and and, and melancholy. It's written and directed and stars Robert Hussain and... Yeah, it, it, unlike so many examples of this phenomenon, um it, it he actually really works in the lead role. It's not um, you know, it's not a vanity project though. It kind of is. It's just a really really justified uh, vanity. It is. It and it, yeah, it's just a, a a really sort of and actually what's interesting about it is that there's so many silent moments in the film and and you know i like that a lot you know stories that are told visually um that if you watch the italian version with the subtitles on on Mm -hmm. the arrow disc you get the subtitles from the american version if that makes sense so they haven't just they haven't subtitled it for the italian version they've just put the american subtitles on and so there are moments where they've added adr dialogue that's been subtitled but But, you don't hear anything on the screen because it's the italian version weird (laughs) so um it's quite a weird interesting insight so it's not been retranslated it's just no exactly and so they've just used the same sort of subtitle file um so you'll get subtitles pop up on the screen and like a silent moment but it makes sense that they would add that adr you know if they were worried about audiences being impatient and why is it so quiet so yeah it's a really cool little added bonus, I guess, but for me anyway, who's interested in this kind of thing. I, I'm fascinated with ADR. Um but yeah. Anyway, Dan. Should we do extra features? extra features extra features extra features we don't have any there extra, are no features, extra features so listen
0: wha- back to this and imagine it's an audio commentary for the episode you've just listened to
1: wow i like that okay <laughs> yeah sync them up and uh sorry that it sort of ends quite a, a bit sooner than the film <laughs> we're going to do our social media i am at sam Ashurst at twitter online.com dan is uh, at 13
0: finger fx um uh yeah i'm gearing up to be out of the country hence these being recorded a little bit in advance uh i'll be out in toronto january february on an exciting project obviously i can't post anything about that uh, but i've got other stuff coming out towards the end of the year as well so follow me and i will be bigging myself up digitally
1: <laughs> excellent and uh, i'll probably be putting some end of yeary stuff up um that i'm doing for yahoo movies uk probably um i might also repost a couple of my favorite interviews from this year because uh, i've done some good ones and speaking of this year in our next episode it will be our end of year special yeah so um you know get your get your lists in a row Uh, and join us for our best films of 2018, which will go up on Christmas Eve as a special Christmas treat for you. Right, that really is it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening, and we promise to be more professional next time. Bye-bye. Bye.